The Pennsylvania Superior Court upheld the first-degree murder conviction and life-without-parole sentence of John Stiver. Welcome to Better Dead Than Red, the podcast where we go and take it to the commies and the authoritarians and basically all of the government uh, dirtbags and whatever else I want to put on here because it's my podcast. So, obviously, this is my uh, pilot episode, so... I was browsing the internet trying to think, hmm, what would be a good topic to go after, you know, something I could talk about but not uh, kind of go on for too long and bore everybody like every other podcast. It's like four hours long. That's not what I'm looking to do. So I was browsing the Altoona Smear, which if any of you guys are uh, from central Pennsylvania, and I'm sure plenty of you are, you'll know that... uh, yeah, the the Altoona Mirror is just it's it's pretty awful, and I can actually only read like four articles a day because you have to buy a subscription, and and I'm not gonna pay for this garbage. I mean, there's there's times when you have to <laughs> think you have to stop stop reading because of all the uh, grammar errors and uh, spelling issues, and you got to make sure your eyes aren't bleeding. So. But anyway, I was uh, browsing the, the wonderful paper, and I happened to come across an article of something I'm pretty familiar with, and that is the John Stiver appeal that was denied. So I'll go through and just kind of paraphrase the article here and fill in some extra details um, where I think I, you know, I there's... There's more information out there, at least that I'm aware of, that isn't anywhere near this article. So let's get to it. This event uh, originally occurred on July 26, 2018, in the parking lot of the Bethany Lutheran Church at uh, 203rd Avenue. So if you're familiar with Altoona at all, you probably know that's right near Jefferson Park, where there was another shooting not too long ago. Seems like they, uh, they really like to... Uh, shoot stuff in my neighborhood for some reason so it's i don't know i guess that's the perks of buying my house where i did so essentially what went down there was a a drug deal that was supposed to happen that didn't Uh, one of the parties involved was stiver and he had this other guy in his car named clemens and the guy they were supposed to that was making the buy that they were selling to is this David Allen Hoover, who was actually working as a confidential informant for the Altoona Police Department. Now, one thing a lot of people that aren't familiar with this kind of stuff, for some reason, everybody thinks this, um, these confidential informants are like undercover police officers or something, and that's not true at all in these situations, the way things are, are done around most of central Pennsylvania from what I've seen. Um, that now, they are supposed to have an undercover officer that watches the deal go down, but they don't even do that. Basically, what they have is these junkies that they've busted, supposedly for other drug deals, and they say, hey, you know, we'll, uh, if, you, if you work with us busting other people, we'll, uh, we'll make your life a little easier, and 
you know, maybe less lessen your charges or your jail time or maybe not charge you with certain things or however it goes. Basically, they're just, and a lot of these people aren't even what you could really call drug dealers. They're drug addicts that are selling to support their habit. And it's just, the, the whole thing's ridiculous. But the most ridiculous part of this whole thing was this all could have been prevented except the cops like to play these games stringing out these CIs. And while Mr. Stiver, you know, he he wasn't the uh, average junkie drug dealer guy. He was smart enough to know that this Hoover was working with the police. So he gets smart and he's like, well, they can't charge me with selling drugs if I don't actually give him drugs. So what Stiver do, he takes the guy's money and takes off. So then there's a high-speed chase through the city that ends over in the, I guess, Stiver parked there first over in the, the church parking lot, and Hoover found him. And at this point, Hoover gets out of his car, has a baseball bat. Now, there were other, I don't know if it was testimony or statements, but someone was alleging that he also had a gun. Whether or not that's true, there's really no way to know because they, you know, officially they claim that wasn't the case, but, you know, who knows, maybe somebody showed up and made it disappear. Wouldn't be the first time something like that happened in uh, Altoona, you know, when you're dealing with the Altoona Police Department because they're just such an <laughs> upstanding group of professionals, you know. But anyway, let me get on through Catch up with the article here. I was just going. I wasn't even really looking at the article there. <laughs> I, kn I knew this case pretty well. But uh, anyway, so they get to the church parking lot, and he gets out. Maybe he has a gun. He definitely had a baseball bat. There's no doubt about that. Confronts Stiver. Stiver pulls a shotgun out of the back seat, blows his head off, essentially, in the church parking lot, you know, which is great in the middle of Altoona, middle of the day. I think this was around like four or five o'clock in the evening, if I remember correctly. And yeah, you know, there's little kids over at Jefferson Park that all saw this too, you know, the uh, state-sponsored drug deal. So he, uh, at th that point, they pretty much just fled and they eventually caught up with them and they're going through some yeah, they, I love how the district attorney's office will just pick out basically stupid shit. Because I guess when Stiver got back in the car, he told his buddy Clemens, I killed him. Well, okay, you killed him, but it, that doesn't say that you didn't kill him in self-defense because, you know, he had, at very least had a baseball bat. So, and of course, uh, Kristen Anastasi, the wonderful attorney, who was his attorney in this case, went with the self-defense argument and it it didn't go well. I mean it I think no matter how you look at this case, it was kind of going to be a Hail Mary kind of defense because especially if you're going for the self-defense argument, if you're in a situation where you're breaking the law in this case, you know, supposedly selling drugs and something happens the chances of the self-defense thing flying are very, very slim. But there was another issue after um, when the when the police arrived because I was at work. I worked at state in state college at the time. Uh, my neighbor called me and was like, "Hey, you know the the police want your security cameras or whatever." Because pretty much everybody in my neighborhood has security cameras now. Because there is, you know, 
stuff happens. It's good to keep an eye. I, I would recommend anybody, I don't care where you live, get uh, get security cameras because, you know, why not? What's a, what's a little bit of insurance to be able to keep? Especially if you get the ones like I have, you can pull them up. I can pull mine up on my phone anywhere. You know, I can be anywhere as long as I have a inter, some kind of internet connection or cell signal. I can pull my cameras up. So I'd recommend that for, for anybody. But what happened is the police came. They watched my neighbor's uh, cameras. Now I kind of got a... <laughs> Oh, I think I can explain this. I have to kind of paint the picture here of where the houses are. So if you can imagine, the church parking lot is at the, the far end of the block. And you can kind of see part of it, but then as the houses start, if, you, if you're on my porch and you kind of look at an angle over there, the houses block the actual back part where the shooting went down because the car was parked on 2nd Street, um, the victim's car, he got out and the other vehicle was parked on the, uh, toward third street side of the lot. So nobody's cameras would have caught that to my knowledge, but here's the interesting thing. So when the police looked at my camera, they told me, okay, well, you know, if we, if we happen to need this, you know, we'll get in touch with you. And I was like, no, but uh, no, I'm going to put it on a thumb drive and then you're not going to have to bother me about it again. Cause I'm not, I don't get along with especially the Altoona Police Department. So it was like, no, we're we're getting this done and over with today. <laughs> so, but interestingly enough, they also looked at my neighbor's camera, who is the next house down. So they actually have, they can't see the whole parking lot, but with the house at the end of the block, their camera can see more of the parking lot than mine can. So it would make sense, you know, you would want that camera too. Well, it came down like, this was like a week or two before the trial and all this stuff gets dragged out ridiculously long. So they come back one day and decide that, because uh, I think it was Anastasi that wanted the cameras from my neighbor's house. Because I, I had brought this up to her about the their cameras and having more of a view of the parking lot because the prosecution came up with this they had this uh, animation, I guess you would call it, where, <laughs> and they played this for the jury, which, how this was admissible, I don't know. I, I think it's a little ridiculous that the prosecution was basically able to make like their own little 3D video game animation. I don't know what they, I, I, I had, I've never seen it. I don't know what it actually looked like, but they were actually allowed to play this thing that was basically their interpretation of the events, which obviously made the defendant Stiver look guilty. So, you know, but the interesting thing was they didn't get the footage from my neighbors. And by the time they came back, you know, I think it was like at least a year and a half later. Well, guess what? It was recorded over because I don't think there's a security system in the world that keeps stuff for that amount of time. And, you know, I had made the suggestion of, well, hey, wouldn't it be a good argument to be like, well, the police didn't really do their job and not only did they let this evidence expire that would have given an actual better view, not everything, but a better view of what happened on top of they have this stupid animation that they created, you know, but they didn't want that video, but they want this animation because the animation tells them, you know, 
it goes along with their narrative, but what did that camera have on that they didn't want to see? You know, and whether or not that would have worked, I have no idea. It would be up to the jury. You know, maybe the jury was, you know, I think a lot of times in these drug cases, they look at it, well, you know, drug dealer, blah, 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 and they just convict them. I, I think that happens a lot because a lot of these cases are a lot more complicated than you read about in the paper. So I let the attorney, uh, Chris and Anastasi, know about this issue of the, the cameras. She went to the police. They came back and were like, oh, well, you know, they don't have it. Well, then this thing started because she claimed that she didn't know about this until after the trial was over. When in fact, and I still have the messages, I let her know what was going on at least a day and I believe even a week prior to this. And was like, hey, here's something you definitely need to look at. You know, I don't know, maybe it could have got that animation thrown out. Who knows? You know, I'm not an attorney. I didn't go to law school. But I think uh, when you have information as an attorney before trial that you don't act on, you know, that's probably not the best way to do things. But anyway, so she started contacting my neighbors, more or less harassing them, saying, you know, oh, you guys were involved in this cover-up and whatever. My neighbors wanted nothing. None of us wanted anything to do with this. The whole thing was stupid. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the CI got what he deserved. You know, you're going to play games like that and, oh, well, you got killed. Oh, well, too bad. Now, do I think that Stiver should go to jail for the rest of his life whenever it probably was a legitimate self-defense, even though you can claim he was breaking the law at the time, but did he actually, did he sell drugs? You know, what he, I guess, I guess he stole the money. I don't know. I'm not really sure how that would all pan out there, but it's just, the whole thing was a mess and it's a shame. And really the whole CI program is just ridiculous the way that they do it. I mean, you'll have, well, the best part is you have somebody like uh, Josh Shapiro, you know. I, I call him the perfect politician because that man will always find a way to insert himself and get his name on everything. And the example that I have, it's, I, don't know, I think it's a pretty good one. Um, when Simone Biles come out and said, you know, I'm not going to be able to compete because, you know, I got some issues to deal with. Old Joshy Shapiro, he posts this big thing about, you know, all oh, mental health and, you know, I support, I stand with Simone Biles and we need to work on mental health and everything like that. Go back uh, on Shapiro's Instagram. I guarantee it's still there. Okay. So he's all about, you know, mental health and helping people with mental illness and all that. Well, it's interesting because he is perfectly fine with stringing out the junkies and using them for his own propaganda purposes of, oh, look at these big bad drug dealers we're getting when they're not. They're, they're nobodies that are selling to support their habit, you know. And it's widely accepted now, you know, if we're following the science, since that's, you know, that's the big, uh, big phrase, I guess now, that, uh, that addiction is actually a mental illness. So kind of, kind of funny that uh, Josh once again puts his foot in his mouth, you know, and spews his hypocrisy everywhere. It's funny, it's sad, it's, but it's nothing new. You can go back, if you, just, just go through his Instagram sometime and some of the stuff he posts. It's, it's ridiculous. All right, folks, that's all I got, really, for the Stiver case. 
like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into, you know, more, more than it is. I don't want to listen to myself ramble on, and I'm sure you don't want to listen to, to me ramble on. So this being the first episode, still kind of figuring out what direction I want to take this in. I guess if we're going to go like the anti-establishment theme or whatever, that opens some things up. I think another good thing to cover would be maybe self-sufficient stuff because, you know, if you're going to buck the establishment, you got to be able to take care of yourself because the whole point is you don't want daddy government doing it for you. So that's one direction. Uh, I saw there's like a, a thing on here. I'm still playing with this app, getting used to it. But I guess you guys can like record questions and voice messages and send them to me and then I can answer them. I mean, that, that would definitely be, I think, a cool segment to add because, you know, I'm sure you get people ask reasonable questions and maybe you get some haters in there and maybe, you know, the, the haters are always out there. Maybe they'll try to cancel me already after my first episode. Who knows, right? So, yeah, if, if anybody has any ideas... You know, let me know. I'm, I'm still figuring out which direction this is going to go, or maybe it can go a couple different directions. You know, whatever. There's, there's no real rule for that. I guess it's a, it's a podcast. It's whatever. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. He just, he has all kinds of people on and talks about all kinds of stuff. So, we'll see what happens. I'm probably going to try to put out one a week. But I'm at least at first I'm not going to be real strict with that because I just don't know how much content I'm going to be able to come up with and how long that's going to take. And you know, it doesn't seem like editing and stuff is too bad with this at all. Um, if the audio quality doesn't sound great, I just did this all on my phone. Um, I got some microphones and stuff I'm going to play with, maybe get it to sound better. Obviously, I'm going to need like two microphones if I'm going to have a guest on, which I do plan on having a few. So we'll see what happens. But I'd appreciate any feedback if you guys can share this, you know, wherever you share podcasts, I guess. I don't know. Post them on Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook anymore. I got tired of tired of getting banned. I figure, well, if they're not even going to let me post on their platform, why am I going to let them steal my data? You know, that kind of seems like a not not a good transaction for me on that end. So, yeah, I don't I don't use Facebook. I am on Instagram, uh, Charlie Whiskey India. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. So, until next time, uh, remember, folks, better dead than red.